0: Uh, Now, those of you who know me well know that I always like to produce a handout, (laughs) and so I just want to let you know that you can download my sermon notes at my website, which is wilfredgraves.org. So I pray that God's word will uplift each of you today. The trials and the tribulations of life sometimes seem overwhelming. For the last two years, the COVID-19 pandemic has taken a tremendous toll on our physical and psychological health, on our ability to gather, and our personal finances, and our overall well-being. Political instability and civil unrest are on the rise here at home and abroad. And now Russia has waged a senseless war against the Ukraine. Most of us could use some real help, amen? If that's you, then wave at me, amen? We all need help in our lives. And of course, God is the ultimate helper. And the Bible has a lot to say about divine help. In Psalm 46 and 1, the sons of Korah declare that our God is a very present help in time of trouble. David wrote in Psalm 121 and 2, my help comes from the Lord. Somebody shout, my help comes from the Lord. I also love the beautiful words of Isaiah 41, which portray God as the helper of Israel. God says in verse 10, yes, I will help you. I will uphold you by my righteous right hand. In the gospel of John, Jesus characterizes the Holy Spirit as a helper, who's called alongside the people of God to offer counsel and strength and comfort. Divine help is freely available to every member of the body of Christ. Somebody lift your hands to heaven and say, here I am, Lord, help me. Today I want to preach from a great New Testament passage. And you've heard many of the words from those verses already. But this great New Testament passage assures us of divine grace to help in time of need. And this passage is found in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 through 16. So I want to read from Hebrews chapter four, verses 12 through 16, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. These verses read as follows. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Seeing then that we have a great high priest, who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So today's sermon title is simply, Grace to Help in Time of Need. Amen? Say those words after me, please. Grace to help in time of need. The book of Hebrews was written to the first century to a people in crisis. Like many of us today, they were tempted to become discouraged or even to fall into sin as they tried to live out their faith in difficult times. These believers were also facing opposition and persecution. And some were in danger of returning to Judaism, to escape the ill treatment which often resulted from confessing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The writer to the Hebrews urges the saints to keep the faith and to become mature in their understanding of Christian teaching because Jesus is superior everything that came before him hallelujah he is superior amen Amen. the old covenant finds its fulfillment in Jesus alone Jesus is the true and the final revelation of God the father Jesus is greater than the prophets and the priests of the Old Testament He's greater than the rituals and sacrifices of the Jewish system. He's greater than Moses. He's greater than Aaron. He's greater than anything we find in the Old Testament. He is the great high priest. He is the mediator of a new and better covenant established on the complete and the permanent effects of his work of salvation on the cross. The readers of the book of Hebrews are encouraged to remain faithful with their eyes fixed on Jesus, regardless of whatever suffering and persecution may come their way. Genuine faith begins with Jesus and ends with Jesus. Amen? So we keep our eyes fixed on him. In times of crisis, it is natural to turn to God's word for guidance, encouragement, and strengthening of faith. According to Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and powerful. Amen? It's quick and powerful. Quick And active as the King James says when God speaks things happen amen God said let there be and created the universe out of nothing Jesus said peace be still and he calmed a raging storm with bold authority our Lord also issued the command Lazarus Come forth. And he released his friend from the grips of death. Hallelujah. God's word is the means through which he expresses his will and accomplishes his purposes. Because God's word is living and powerful, it is constantly applicable to the lives of believers throughout all ages. Amen? He's still speaking. And it's still relevant, amen? If you need encouragement today, then you need to discover what God says about your circumstances. He can speak a single word over you and change your life forever. Hallelujah. If God says he is with you, then he's with you. If God says that he is working for your good, then you can believe him. God's Word can rescue you from sin and shame. It can transform your thinking and your behavior. God's Word can deliver you from the snares of the evil one. And it can bring new life to dead situations. Amen? Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you today to allow God's living and powerful Word to minister to you each and every day. Father, we invite you to speak a life changing word over us today. Hallelujah. Speak into our lives, oh God. The rest of verse 12 says that the word of God is sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. When we encounter the word of God, it does not leave us unaffected. It gets beneath the surface. It penetrates our very souls and spirit. It reveals what we really think, and why we do what we do. God's word gives us an honest assessment of the state of our hearts, amen? It uncovers pride. It uncovers greed. It uncovers lust. It uncovers all manner of human sinfulness, amen? Verse 13 continues, and there is no creature hidden in his sight. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Just like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, we are completely exposed before God. We can't conceal anything from him. I always love Bishop's illustration uh, when he says that Adam and Eve tried to cover themselves with fig leaves, right? It's like, But they weren't effective, right? Because they left their backs out. (laughs) We can't cover ourselves before God. Amen? We can't conceal anything from him. We can lie to our parents. We can lie to our spouses. We can lie to our close friends. But we can't hide from God or deceive him about our true motives, desires, and intentions. Amen? God knows us intimately, amen? Now, that could be a terrifying thought, (laughs) amen? Think about that for a second, right? We must give an account to God for every thought and action, everything that crosses our mind, right? We would hate for our thoughts to be shown on a screen for everybody to see, wouldn't we? Any day would be an embarrassing one to us. But God sees all of that, right? So that can be terrifying when we think about that. But believers find hope, right, in God. And they receive help through the high priestly ministry of the Son of God. So verses 14 through 16 present Jesus as a compassionate high priest, who sympathizes with our human weaknesses. The high priestly ministry of Jesus Christ is one of the most significant themes in the book of Hebrews, and indeed of the Bible itself. Quite simply, a priest is a person who represents God before the people and represents the people before God. Let me say that again. A priest is a person who represents God before the people, and he represents the people before God. In the Old Testament, priests also directed the process of worship and sacrifice. Let me read Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1 from the New Living Translation. Hebrews. Five and 1 reads as follows. Every high priest is a man chosen to represent other people in their dealings with God. He presents their gifts to God and offers sacrifices for their sins. So that's a pretty good description of priesthood in the Old Testament. Old Testament priests, had to offer animal sacrifices for their own sins and the sins of the people. But think about it. Those bloody sacrifices could only deal with the problem of sin temporarily. Animal sacrifices were a symbolic gesture that God used to teach his people about the awful effects And the consequences of sin. Animal sacrifices provided a covering for sin, but not a cure for sin. Amen? Animal sacrifices provided a covering for sin, but not a cure for sin. In the New Testament, Jesus Christ dies for our sins and is raised from the dead. The blood that he shed on the cross becomes the perfect sacrifice that eradicates the sin problem once and for all. No longer must we bring lambs and goats and pigeons and doves to offer to God because Christ has removed the necessity of any further sacrifice. Now, through the blood of Jesus, we have salvation. The sin debt has been paid. The accounts have been settled. The books have been regulated. And the rift between God and humanity has been removed. In the words of Jesus Christ from the cross, it is finished. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, it is finished. Hallelujah. Now give God praise for the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. So in the pages of the New Testament, Jesus Christ becomes the great high priest, the ultimate of all priests. He is the perfect bridge between God and humanity. His ministry deals once and for all with the problem of sin. And sin is simply the separation between humans and God. And Christ makes possible for human beings to approach the Father and to enjoy personal relationship with the Father, amen? So now let's look at our text in Hebrews in a little bit greater detail. So, there are three important lessons about the high priestly ministry of Jesus that I want to point out. First, as our great high priest, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, gives us unhindered access to the Father. Second, as a man, Jesus understands our weaknesses and our limitations. Therefore, number three, because of the finished work of Christ, we can obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So first, our great high priest, Jesus Christ, gives us unhindered access to God the Father. Reading verse 14 once again. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. So this verse reveals that Jesus Christ is not just any old priest. He's a great high priest whose priesthood is superior to all others. The verse also declares that Jesus is the very Son of God. Hallelujah. Since a priest, remember my definition, represents God before the people, right? We can have no better representative of God than the Son of God. Amen? The high priestly ministry of the Son of God extends into the heavens, into the very presence of God the Father. Our great high priest died on a cross, rose from the dead, and has passed through the heavens. He has been exalted to the very highest place of honor, authority, and power. As the exalted Son of God, Jesus now sits at the right hand of the Father as Lord of heaven and earth. Amen? Hallelujah. Jesus has everything that we need. He has everything needed to save us and to give us full access to God the Father. In Christ we have full access to God's presence, God's power, and God's provision. Let me say that again. In Christ we have full access to God's presence God's power and God's provision Christ has removed everything that prevents us from enjoying what the heavenly father supplies do you need a deeper awareness of God this morning then this awareness can be yours through Jesus Christ do you need your sins forgiven then forgiveness is available to you right now. Do you need greater joy and peace in your life today? Then these can be yours by coming to the Savior. Do you need spiritual or physical healing this morning? then ask the divine healer and the great physician to touch your life. Christ was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement that brought us peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. In the name of Jesus Christ, be made whole. We honor your name, Yahweh Rapha, the God who heals us. Stretch forth your hand to touch our lives today. Finally, verse 14 encourages believers to cling to their confession of faith. Hold on to it. Right? Don't let it go. The Lord's exalted status is the basis for the people of God to hold fast our confession we don't have to be afraid to draw near to God in prayer or hesitant to proclaim the goodness to God of God in difficult times why because of our faith it's placed in the one who gives us unhindered access to God the Father amen Jesus Christ, our great high priest, has removed all barriers that once stood between the Heavenly Father and us. And he makes available to us all of God's infinite resources. You can face any challenge in life, overcome any obstacle, persevere through any trial, or make it through any hurtful situation because of these supernatural resources. You can maintain a strong and a positive testimony because the Lord is with you. He's with you and you and you, amen? He's committed to helping you and he gives you unhindered access to God. The Father. So let's put our hands together once again for the unhindered access that we have to God through Jesus Christ. So that's my first point. Our high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, gives us unhindered access to God the Father. Secondly, the Lord understands our weaknesses and our limitations. Amen? Let me read Hebrews 4, 15 once again. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. This verse is a beautiful reminder of the deep compassion that our great high priest has for us. Compassion is the ability to feel what someone else feels, and compassion involves not only an awareness of the pain of someone else, but an inward desire to relieve that pain. Amen? So Christ doesn't just see our pain and is unaffected by by it. He has a drive to relieve the pain. That's what compassion is. Scripture reveals that compassion is an essential aspect of God's nature. David prays in Psalm 86 and 15. You, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and abundant in mercy and truth. And we've quoted this many times in the last several weeks, Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. There the prophet Jeremiah writes, Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Hallelujah. Now, the New Testament also witnesses to the compassion of God, particularly in the ministry of Jesus Christ. While Jesus was on earth, he ministered with compassion to every form of human brokenness. He rescued people from the darkness of sin. He healed the sick and comforted the brokenhearted. He worked mighty miracles causing the blind to see, the deaf to hear, and the lame to walk. And he's still doing those things today. Amen? He fed the hungry and clothed the naked. And he freed people from the grips of demonic captivity. The whole life and ministry of the Savior revealed his deep compassion. Through his teachings, through his healings, through his miracles, and ultimately through his redemptive work on the cross, Christ reminds us and reveals to us that God is on our side. God feels our pain, and he wants to rescue us from those things that would diminish or destroy us in our spirits, our minds, our bodies, our relationships and every other aspect of our humanity. The songwriter Charles Wesley proclaimed, Jesus, thou art all compassion, pure unbounded love thou art. Visit us with thy salvation. Enter every trembling heart. Visit us today, dear Lord. Fill our lives with your love and your joy and your peace. Free us, O God, from depression and anxiety. Extend your great compassion to us. Bring healing to our bodies and salvation to every aspect of our beings, we pray. Amen. Earlier in verse 14, we read that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, right? Yet Christ is not only fully God, he's also fully human, amen? According to Colossians 2 and 9, for in Christ dwells all of the fullness of God in bodily form. In Christ dwells all the fullness of God in bodily form. So the second person of the Trinity humbled himself and became a real flesh and blood human being. Why? So that he could experience life as we do. As a man, Christ had a normal birth and death. He had to eat food. He had to drink water like you and me. He got tired. He sometimes got angry, and he needed the comfort of friendship, just like we do. As a man, Jesus Christ experienced all of the temptations and limitations that we experience as human beings, yet without committing sin. Hallelujah. Since he is both God and man, Jesus Christ is the perfect high priest. As God, he has all the available resources for our salvation. As man, he understands our human weaknesses and limitations. And he can sympathize with our frail and our fallen and our sinful condition. As the son of God, he perfectly represents the ways of God to us. As the son of man, he knows quite well how we truly need God's mercy and grace. Hallelujah. By taking on flesh, God shares in our human experiences, our joys and our sorrows, our successes and our failures, our triumphs and our tragedies. The Old Testament reveals the Lord as Emmanuel, God with us. In the person of Jesus Christ, God truly is with humanity in a powerful way. Amen? Tell your neighbor, the Lord is with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's with us today, saints. Yet the Lord's identification with humanity is revealed not only by the fact that he was born and lived among us, but also by the fact that he tasted death for us. Jesus died on the cross for our sins and rose from the dead so that he could save us from eternal destruction. The greatest enemy of humankind is death. And the Lord has conquered that enemy once and for all. Amen? So think about it. Because Jesus has conquered death, there's nothing that we will ever face that Jesus does not understand. He can sympathize with our weaknesses. Or as the King James Version puts it, he can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. I like that. The Savior can relate to what you are feeling right now. If you are finding sickness in your body, then the Lord can be touched. If you're frustrated by some situation on your job, then you need to know that the Lord can be touched. Perhaps you're worried or anxious or depressed. The good news for you this morning is that Jesus Christ can be touched with the feeling of your infirmities. How do we touch the Lord? We touch the Lord through our prayers. We touch him by putting our faith in him. We touch him by crying out to him for help. Jesus Christ can be touched with the feeling of your infirmities. Somebody give him praise and glory. So we've covered two of three important lessons about the high priestly ministry of Jesus Christ revealed in this text. First, as our great high priest, Jesus gives us unhindered access to God the Father. Second, as a man, Jesus understands our weaknesses and our limitations. Third, because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, we can obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen? And that's the title of today's message, Grace to Help in Time of Need. Hebrews 4, 16 finally says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy or compassion, right? And find grace to help in time of need. Because of who Christ is and what Christ has accomplished, we can come boldly before the throne of grace. Now, boldness is not arrogance. We should never come before God with pride in our hearts or some type of sense of entitlement. But we can come before him with full assurance that Christ has already made whatever provisions are necessary to meet our needs. Hallelujah. If our salvation depended on us, we would have good reason for uncertainty. However, our salvation is not based on our own efforts. Our salvation is based on the completed work of Jesus Christ who said, it is finished. Jesus did the work and we reap the benefits. Our boldness, our confidence and our faith are rooted in the integrity and faithfulness of God Himself. Amen? Amen. Verse 16 says that we can obtain mercy and find grace. When God withholds negative consequences from us, that's called mercy. When He extends favor, To us that we did not earn, that's called grace. When he withholds negative consequences, that's mercy. When he extends favor to us, that's grace, amen? Both mercy and grace are freely available to us. Why? Because of the Lord's compassionate understanding of our human weaknesses and limitations. In a wonderful act of mercy, the Lord Jesus Christ took the punishment that we rightly deserved, and he died for our sins. Through the grace of God, we have eternal life and precious benefits that we did not deserve. No, I didn't deserve it, but it's by his grace. No, I didn't earn it, but it's by his grace. If it depended on me, I would not have gotten anything. If it was based on my merit, I would have been denied. But oh, thank God for his infinite liberality. Thank God for his free will love in action. Thank God for his abundant grace. Amazing grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Someone has said that grace is spelled G-R-A-C-E. And that stands for God's riches at Christ's expense. And that's a great way of thinking about grace. Although grace is free to us, it cost Jesus his very life. Jesus paid the price and we reap. The benefits, G R A C E, God's riches at Christ's expense. The concluding thought in this passage is that God will give us grace to help in time of need. Now, this is simple, right? That's a simple message, but it's a profound promise that all of our needs are met in Christ and through Christ. All we need to do is to come to him in faith. The songwriter proclaimed, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry. Everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pains we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Hebrews 4, 16 makes it clear that we are welcome before the throne of God. When we come before the throne of grace, we can do so with full confidence and assurance that God will meet our needs when the time is right. Amen? Child of God, the Lord loves you so much that he gave his life for you. As your great high priest, he feels exactly what you feel. Christ understands our pain. He knows our struggle. He sympathizes with our weaknesses, and he is aware of our limitations. He also sees your individual circumstances. The Lord heard you crying in the night. Every tear you shed has touched the recesses of his heart. The Lord knows about that frustrating situation. He knows about that lost loved one. He knows about that negative medical diagnosis. He knows about that financial crisis he knows about that specific issue that needs his attention so what does the lord require of us well he wants us to trust him he wants us to come before the throne of grace with boldness and confidence the lord wants you to believe his word and receive life and power from his word. His word promises us that he hears us. It promises us that he is with us. And it promises us that he is working out every situation for our good. Hallelujah. Give him praise and glory. As you cry out to the Lord today, he will meet you at your point of need. He will be merciful and compassionate and give you the grace to help and deal with every challenge, every single one of them. Amen? There's no challenge that you face that God won't help you with that challenge. Just trust Him, right? Just trust Him today. Now, sometimes that help will come in the form of wisdom. Sometimes that help will come in the form of strength to persevere. Sometimes that help will come in the form of physical healing. Sometimes that help will come in the form of a miracle. Amen? We were singing that this morning. So Whenever and however God decides to show up in your situation, it will be what is best for you. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, you are worthy of all praise. Let's everyone stand uh, at this time. The Lord wants to extend compassion to someone today if you need a compassionate touch from the Lord then I just want to invite you to bow your head at this time. Wherever you are, you can come boldly before the throne of grace. His throne can be manifested right where you're standing. His throne of grace is certainly here in the pulpit. His throne of grace can be accessed at the altar. If you're watching uh, at home on your computer screen, his throne of grace can be accessed right where you are. Are you weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, steal our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, I ask you to move among your people. In this atmosphere of faith and love and trust, I ask you, dear God, to stretch forth your mighty hand to save and to heal and to deliver and to bless and to transform and to set the captives free. I ask, dear God, that you will bring refreshment to every spirit bring renewal to every mind and bring restoration to every physical body in the name of Jesus Christ receive your deliverance in the name of Jesus Christ receive your healing in the name of Jesus Christ receive your freedom hallelujah Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that your compassion is being ministered to us right now. Thank you, dear God, that your love is surrounding us right now. Thank you, dear God, that your power is touching us right now. We receive your grace to help in our time of need. Hallelujah, hallelujah, just receive. Put your eyes on Jesus and receive now that grace to help in time of need. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Some of you may want to come to the altar at this time. Some of you may need salvation and forgiveness of your sins. We all are coming to God now to receive that compassionate touch and that transformation of every area of our lives hallelujah hallelujah hallelujah